Viewer discretion is advised. Like I think there's so much random stuff we have to try and slough off, rub off about sex even. Like it's a taboo, let's not talk about it. I, I think we need to talk more. Band-Aid. Welcome to Mandate, where we navigate fresh perspectives and nothing is off the table. Tonight's guest is all the way, was originally from Otetahi, Christchurch, but now resides in Tamaki Makaru and Okilani. Um, she, yes, I did say she. <gasps> She is an amazing communicator, but also an amazing woman in terms of uh, the work that she's done. And so we've seen her countless times on TV. She's a TV host, broadcaster on radio, and you see her as a podcaster as well. And so you remember her on TV and Z, the breakfast show, uh, in the morning show. Uh, but also, if you grew up in the 90s, you see her on, you remember her on Ice TV. Uh, but also in recent times, she's... Um, She's done. Uh, she's working on on um, Today FM, running her own own program. She hosts the program of Sunday Sanctuary, and also her own podcast, which is called Grey Areas. And so, and also, she's she's a chaplain, 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 media chaplain, media chaplain um, for the Christian Broadcast Association. And so, please put your hands together for the amazing, the amazing, the inspirational Petra Bagus. This crowd you've got here is they're awesome. <laughs> I clap on demand. They're amazing. Oh, oh man, thank I you. I feel so good. I could go home now. <laughs> I'm sorted. Oh. I don't need my kids to talk to me when I get home. Oh yeah, you got us. You I've got, got us. an introduction like that. Awesome. Hey, Petra, thank you so much for coming on. We're very privileged because uh, I, you know, I grew up watching you. Grew up watching you back in the nineties, Vice TV, and it was uh, and just a real privilege, real privilege and honour to have you and for you to be our, our very first Wahine Wahine Tsoi on on the on the podcast. And so, just to start the ball rolling, um, because you're great, great areas. Um, it's, it's your own podcast and and the number one. I forgot to add the number one podcast in Aotearoa, New Zealand. And so, if you can give us a bit of a, a download in terms of as to what was what was the the whole story, the backstory, or the background as to why you wanted to do this podcast, and and what, what do you see the future in terms of this? Wow, that's a big question. First of all, thank you so much for having me. I feel very humbled. I looked through your um, through your Instagram account, and I'm like, oh, there's no, oh, <laughs> I can't. I couldn't find a woman anywhere. And I'm like, it is called Mandate NZ. And so I I feel, um, yeah, pretty privileged. Thanks for having me, <clears throat> for extending the talanoa, the kōruru out to, to include the wahine. Um, Grey Areas came from a conversation that we had in the office one day where uh, one of the producers, Josh Couch, said, so, you know, would you like to do a podcast? I'm like, always. <laughs> like any opportunity eh, to, to have a deep hopefully meaningful, healthy, good, life-giving conversation. And he said, what would you do it on? What, what would it be about? And I said, oh, everything I'm interested in. And unfortunately for him, I'm interested in a lot of things. So I'm very curious about lots of things, but, but the stage that I was at was um, finding myself in a really good team, a really good workspace, and... Uh, finding my feet again, I think, and feeling like I had space to to unpack or communicate some stuff I really cared about. And one of the things that I'd noticed was that when I resigned from Breakfast TV in 2012, I think it was, into 2012, um, I didn't know to, I didn't realise that leaving that job, I was leaving the whole industry. I just had no idea that when I said, oh, I, this one's not for me and I need to raise my family, which is, you know, that perfect excuse. I did get to raise my family but I didn't realise that was the end of the TV work. And I was like, oh, wow. And the first article I saw 
that came out after I resigned from breakfast was um, former TV presenter Petra Vegas. I'm like, wow, I wow, that's it. Wow. I left that job, but actually, you're gone. And I was like, that, wow, did they get to decide? Is that it? And I, um, a couple of people asked me to do a couple of things, and I was like, oh no, I don't really feel like doing that. And then I auditioned for something, and they're like, oh no, we don't really want you. And I was like, wow, this maybe that's it. And so years went by, and I carried on honing my kind of craft as an MC and um, worked for Parenting Place and was an ambassador for all sorts of things. And here I was like dyeing my hair every four weeks, like getting rid of the roots, you know, this is the thing, you know, like, where have you been today, darling? Oh, the hairdressers, whatever. And um, so I thought, do you know what? I think I want to go natural. I think I want to let my hair grow natural. And the other thought that I had was, Petra, you realise if you do that, you'll never be on telly again. Wow. And I thought, I'm not on telly. I'm not on telly. I'm not even on telly. Why am I worried? But there's a way of looking on telly, generally speaking. You know, we talk about stereotypes. There's a way women look on telly. And they look, they've got a certain colour hair and they've got a certain physique and they look a certain way. They fit a certain mould, mostly. And um, on news, it's even narrower. Like it's, your hair's straight and it's shoulder length and your makeup is a certain way and you dress a certain way and that's that's a woman on news <clears throat> so for me it was emancipation it was like freedom I am going to do what I want with how I look and even though it sounds really little it was a really big move I was actually on um, the AM show on TV3 this week and Paula Bennett was there and we were, we were yarning about whether she'd go for you know, being a mayor of a city in New Zealand. Don't know which city, but anyway. She said, uh, I put more thought into going grey, letting my hair colour come through, than I did into having stomach surgery. Wow. So it's a big deal. Yeah, mm. it is. Because I don't know if you have expectations around how men will look and behave that you've come across in your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but there are, there, it, it, it cuts both ways, you know. And until recently, grey was not an option. Silver was a no-go. For well, women? Yeah. 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 Men, no problem. Oh, yeah. grey-haired, silver-haired male newsreader, awesome. Silver he's got fox. more mana. He's, yeah. he's the man. He always got wisdom. Yeah. Silver fox. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, what, what are your thoughts on that picture? Because you, you're right. I think uh, in terms of the natural look, and if ladies you know, just leave their hair just to grow grey, and obviously you want to dye your hair, but yeah, for us as men, you know, when our hair grow, uh, grows grey, it's kind of like, yeah, we kind of like get the, oh man, you look cool, you, you're the silver fox. Salt and pepper. Yeah, and so. Uh, George well, Clooney. Yeah. You know, mm. so many people, yeah. No, and I think for me it's about, um, it's a freedom of choice that you can, mm. is, I've got no problem with people dyeing their hair. How much fun is that? You can change the colour of your hair, cool. But do we have a choice? Do we have a choice to show up as ourselves and, to be honest, I am a silver-haired person now. <laughs> and d- there are days when it's like, oh, whoa, who's that old lady with the reflection? And other days when I'm mostly, when I'm like, yeah, this is me. How easy is this? This is me. Yeah. yeah. Oh. But as far as the podcast went, we just started to tackle taboo subjects probably. I'm, I'm an oversharer, so I tell people too much. <laughs> and, um, and so we've talked about all sorts of things, about pelvic floor health, about sex when you're older like I called that episode old people doing it but you know if you're if you're with you're with the same 
<clears throat> man for a long time you're like okay you know like what's where are you mm. at like what are you putting what energy are you putting into that relationship what energy are you putting into nurturing or embracing who you are each as a mm. physical sexual being like how can we be positive about that when there's so much kind of confusion and negativity like I think there's so much random stuff we have to try and slough off rub off about sex even like it's a taboo let's not talk about it I, I think we need to talk more yeah. about bodies and about like you know oh everything yeah that's cool. that's cool I like that I like that you're talking about the sex part you know um, hello I'm so glad the two of you have come here today so tell me <laughs> I'm just thinking How's about your it. erectile <laughs> At this age. It's interesting. It's interesting because, you know, for, for us as men, like what, in terms of our wine as our ladies, you know, as we get older, what, what would you like for us to, to know or to understand in terms of, you know, in terms of sexuality, um, in terms of, when, you know, the, the, the different stages of life? Is there anything in particular, or even you, Caroline, and, you know, is this is this something that that we that you think that we should know as men? Maybe not should know, but could know. <laughs> <laughs> something you could know is that your woman is not broken, that she doesn't need to be fixed in the same way that you aren't broken, needing to be fixed. So I wonder if um, when we're allowed to come home to who we are as men, as women, as people who have you know, with all of our life experiences, with the with the good and with the pain, with the hurt, with all of the experiences, I think if we can come to this place where we like say yes to who we are, the failings and the great bits, then somehow that gives us the space, the acceptance sort of, I feel like it echoes out, like it ripples out to being able to accept somebody else. And even today, I, I just feel like I'm on a forever journey of learning. I don't think I'm ever going to get to the end of learning. I'm excited about that because it means I'm alive. See those people, they're leaving the country. What are they thinking? You know, they're, they're leaving. What are they learning? They should be listening to Mandate and said. Anyway, <clears throat> yeah, uh, so I think... The discussion that we're kind of having now is is that perimenopause, which is a 10 years, 7 to 12 years of transition, where a woman goes from being uh, in this nurturing breeding zone to a non-breeding zone, Mm. which is menopause. So once you don't have a period for a year, you're in menopause, right? So it's the only human system, the only biological system that actually finishes, that says sayonara, goodbye. It's over, we're done. And then the the question was, oh, maybe women were supposed to die at the end. You know, maybe they're just living too long. But what they've done is they've studied cultures and they've found that women's most productive, most, almost I would call it powerful years, are in the years post-reproductivity. Mm. So that, that in, agri- in agrarian like cultures, um, more, more primitive cultures that are closer, living closer to the earth, that this woman who is in her menopause, or in Asia they call it your second spring, she provides for the community and the, the families in the society and in the 
social gatherings in a way that is quite profound, mm. that she has a different kind of energy. Because as a mum, your energy is a lot on the family. It's a lot on, you know, uh, yeah, nurturing other people and meeting other people's needs. And so for a man, like you might be dealing with a woman who's not sure what's going on and who's struggling with some things like confusion or hot flushes or um, – aches and pains that she hasn't had before or a loss of desire sexually or all sorts of things, right? On the other side of that, on the other side of perimenopause is a woman who knows who she is and has so much to give and who I think potentially has more energy for what could be good, healthy relationship. So, yeah, I, I'm, I think that... I think that if men can walk beside women and not see them as broken and needing to be fixed, but see them as, um, yeah, collaborating, collaborating together. And how, when a woman doesn't make sense to herself, mm. if the man is like, you know, what the fuck's wrong with you? Like, rather than, uh, yeah, I can see this is tough, this is hard. I'm, I'm here. I'm here for it. I'm here for the confusion. I'm here together. We, we'll we'll figure this out, you know. I'm here for the I'm here for the right. I'm not here for the long haul, and knowing him, knowing in a way that that this is a season and that she's going to get through it and be more beautiful, more powerful um, on the other side. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. That's really powerful. Does it talk for too long then? No, no, no it was good. It was good. Was like, well, good. Was good, man. I think because for the for the brothers, like for Jay and, and Charles, I'm thinking like obviously my, obviously my, my wife's on. on Next to me, um, but in terms of um, when, our, when our, our wahinis have their you know, menstrual cycle, what are some of the some of the um, how to help? I gotta be careful. <laughs> but what are some of the like the reactions or responses that, that, that we kind of get as, as men um, when when our wives are going through their um, menstrual cycle? I'll be honest, I know very little about it. Like half of those terms, I'm just not aware. Like I feel like. I get stuck in my head so much that it's really hard for me to pay attention to anything unless it really, like, if my wife's going through something, she'll tell me and I'll just, whatever she needs. Space, all good. Taking the kids, all good. But in terms of understanding what she's going through, I have no idea. And I I don't know if it's helpful for me to, like, because I'm really bad with timing, so I'm just trying to, like, keep my mouth shut and when she's ready to open up, I'll listen. But until then, I don't want to, I don't know. I'm not sure how to approach that subject. That wasn't something that we talked about. I was me and Brad, like we're brothers. And so there was six boys, two girls. And, you know, we never really had these talks <laughs> growing up. So a lot of it, I don't know if it's just me, but, you know, a lot of it, this stuff is all, it's all new. Yeah. Uncharted territory. Yeah. So I'm sort of still trying to make sense of it. And the concept that you mentioned before about second spring, I think I'd heard a term and it might have been through, um, you know, your podcast about Ruahine. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. And that sort of second breath of life and, yeah. and spring of womanhood. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of navigating as I go and I'm just open to. That sounds like a yeah. good position. Yeah. That sounds helpful. Mm. I'm really interested um, to question what you were saying about men feeling or thinking or walking alongside their wahine as as though they're broken and I'm wondering where that messaging comes from <coughs> where that actually comes up from does it come from us as wahine or um, teine who are trying to understand like what the hell is going on right now 
you know, my menstrual cycles are becoming irregular. I'm feeling these my different moods temperatures. are irregular. Yeah, totally. yeah. There's all these sort of things happening, and then we're sort of talking to that and expressing that stuff. And even before menopause, we're forever being insecure about how we look, our weight, and so a lot of our conversations with our husbands is, "Do I look fat? Do I?" You know, all of that sort of stuff. Um, and that doesn't produce good information for them nah. to kind of create healthy messages about us. Yeah. And so it's almost like we really have to change the dialogue even before menopause, I think just so, so that by the time they we get there, <laughs> they're ready to embrace the new spring. <laughs> I think it's no, there's no, you can't put the blame somewhere, right? Yeah. You can't put the blame on men or the blame on women. Mm. But I think that we're equally invested. Like if we believe life's over and we're broken, there's something definitely wrong with us. Yeah. Then that's what we project, eh? That's what we're putting, that's the energy we are putting out. That's that's kind of the, and, and, and look, if I think, if I feel broken and wrong and you don't like me, then I'm going to look for evidence that that's true. I'm literally going to look for any, any look you give me, any kind of like twitch. I wonder if he doesn't, he doesn't like me. He wishes I wasn't here. Mm. He hates me. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like we, the brain seeks the information to confirm what it thinks. Yeah. So so somebody else, like a partner, an intimate partner, has to work so hard if we are feeling like down on ourselves and down on our body and down on our ability in bed or down on our mental capacity at the moment. Mm. That's super hard because when A, they don't know we're thinking that necessarily, and B, how do they prove it when we're like looking for proof of the opposite? <laughs> you know? It's, so it's... So I think that 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 even that awareness of where am I at? Like, I I was I grew up in a family where skinny was good, slim was good, mm. and fat was bad, which is like you know society, you know. <clears throat> and I realised that when I had when I put on weight, I hated myself, and when mm. I lost weight, I loved myself. It was like I had permission; I was allowed to like myself if I was slim. Mm. But I was never, ever slim enough. I was never satisfied. It was like a never you could never get there. So recently, because of um, being in perimenopause, on my way to menopause, I was like, just let myself put some weight on. And I was like, I'm just going to love myself with an extra kg and another one and another one. Because I'm just going to choose. I'm just going to choose to love myself. Yeah. Whatever shape or size I am. And and my my interest is health. You know, I'd like to be around for the grandkids, but 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 that was a really important thing for me to do. It was really important for me to choose to be acceptable. Like, no, not acceptable. Accepted and loved mm-hmm. by me, whatever size I was, because I feel like out of that place I can move. And then, and then when my husband's like, "Oh, you look pretty good, babe," I'm not going, "Oh, he's just saying that." Oh, no, he doesn't really mean it. No, no, I don't. No, he's not telling me the truth. I'm like, "Thanks, babe." You know, like, <laughs> come over here. You know, like, it's like, like, oh. And they actually mean it, don't they? They mean it. You mean they it, mean right? They mean it. Oh. oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, of they course, do. all the time. And but for some reason we doubt it all oh. the time and yet you're. No, but see, this is, this is, this is a podcast <laughs> for men. But seriously, one of the best things I heard, one of the best piece of sex advice I ever got was women, let your men see you in all your glory. Because they love you now. So what women do is we're like, oh, don't look there, don't look there. Oh, I look, oh, look, that looks weird, or that looks funny. And then the man reads, oh, she doesn't, she doesn't like me. She doesn't want me to see her. So Mm. my feeling of not good enough radiates out, and Mm. he's like, oh, 
oh, maybe she doesn't, maybe she's not into me. Maybe You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, rather yeah. than, can I take a risk? Can I take a risk and let my husband see all of me, like with the lights on or with that? You know, whatever, whatever. Like I don't, yeah, like, like the bright lights. Maybe not the I bright lights. I take these lights on. I want to see everything, everything. Come on over here. I just had a realisation though. Like hearing that, yeah. it just made me think, like, oh crap, I remember sometimes feeling self-conscious about myself, but it's because I'd hear my wife say stuff and I'm like, oh, but I feel that way about myself. So then if she doesn't like seeing that, then I'm like, oh, oh maybe I should like, yeah. Yeah, yeah she's not going to like that in me. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's it ricochets, eh? Yeah, it it ricochets. The yeah. insecurity kind of wow. bounces out and off you and bounces something, some kind of random piece of information. But I do remember reading a book once and there was a, a Pacifica woman who was a, a protagonist or a character in this book and she oiled her body. Like she was preparing wow. for her partner to come home. She was like, if he doesn't take me and ravish me tonight, he has got another thing coming. And I was like, if only I had this attitude. I was just like, yeah. where is my inner goddess? Yeah. Woman of value and beauty and sexuality and pleasure. Where is she? I thought where? you were going to say, where's that oil? <laughs> man, I think... That too, that too. We've got some merch <laughs> now. <laughs> man, man, they pay me Man, they pay me We need to get that oil. Man, my baby. Man, thanks, Petra. I think... Man, I'm not too sure if I feel... Because what culturally, yeah, and that yeah. we don't really have these type of conversations, and so like when we're talking about going, oh shucks, some of these terms I don't even know. And it's probably because my wife's not at that stage yeah. yet, like in terms of menopause, and there'll probably be guys out there that, man, this is foreign to them. And so I think having this conversation, and so we can prepare and understand, like for our women, so when they're going through it, that man. Just, just be present and yeah. have this understanding and like imagine imagine if if you if if when your woman has her second puberty that's an easier way of thinking about it mm. so you, as a child all your hormone levels are calm 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 then you hit puberty men and women the hormone levels go crazy for women progesterone estrogen and it's like you know slamming doors and you know women are, Teenage girls, unreasonable and angry. And, and you can say, darling, can you empty the, the, the rubbish bin? Why are you shouting at me, mum? Like they hear, their brain hears regular conversation as like angry. And mm. men, testosterone, uh, you have your version of it, right? But this this transition, which is perimenopause, which Google doesn't even know that, that term. It underlines it in red. So don't, don't worry, even Google doesn't know the terms. Menopause. This is this is second puberty. It's all the hormones going a little bit crazy before they settle down. And then they say women are happier. The happiest they've ever been, potentially, in their sixties and seventies. But we've been told, whatever you do, don't talk about it because life is over. Mm. You you dry up, you come become an old prune, you never want to have sex <laughs> again, and you, you you you're just invisible. Like And that's not true. It's right? not true. <laughs> it's not true. For some women, Getting to menopause is really hard. It's it's tough and it's bad. For for three out of four women, it's it's okay. Mm. Some they have some they have some some issues. One out of four, no issues at all. Like one one of my mates had to take a cardio off once. That was it. Oh yeah, wow! Just through it. She goes, yeah yeah. I remember I was hot. Had to take my cardio off, and she's on menopause. <laughs> but um, 
So it's like don't expect the worst and also imagine, imagine being the guy who, when she's not making so much sense to herself, says, darling, you still make sense to me or I'm, I'm with you. Let's, let's just not, let's just learn about it together. Let's just, we'll figure it out. I'm here for you. Lots of divorces at this age. Lots of women leave their jobs because they think there's something wrong with them. They leave their marriages. They're like taking radical action because inside they're in a bit of turmoil and mm. it's the hormones throwing them around. But to have a safe, a po, to have a safe har- harbour or haven, somebody who said, babe, we can do this. We can do this. And if you need to shout at me, I'm not going to take it personally. I used to shout at, shout at my family a little bit. <laughs> And perimenopause, and I'd be, don't worry, guys. I didn't mean it. it was just the hormones. <laughs> My kids thought I was playing it up, but <laughs> did you? Yeah, man, interesting. There have been times that, like, when when um, my wife is like going through a menstrual cycle, I'm like, man. Yeah. And so I think, you know, ouch! It, you think, ouch! Yeah, I'm thinking, oh man, so it's like, and yeah, it could just change just like that, Petra. Yeah. And, and, and for for the for the oursels here, it no, no, you're on your own but I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just just um, just into experience, and I, and I I see it, I see the change, I see the the, the sudden changes, yeah. Petra. And obviously, it's like man, it's like, and I'm I'm very aware now now, and I'm kind of in terms of like okay, I got to make sure that um, you know, I'm at a, just like what Jay was saying, just just give her space, just give her time, but also at the same time, there there are times, there are times, there are times I used to think, man. Are they just? Are they just? Is she just milking this now? <laughs> is she just? Is she just playing on this? Is nice to think to herself. What, what's, what's up with this? And so, I'm glad you, you mentioned that. No, this is it's not. This is what really happens to you guys biologically. Yeah, man. I was so surprised to hear the kids say, "Oh, I think Mum's just like you know milking it, basically." And I was mm. like, "Wow, that's amazing that they think that because." Hormones are so powerful, like, and it happens inside your body, and it and it's invisible, but but that whole thing, even like, what if as as men, as Tani, it wasn't so personal? What if, like, for a moment, it just wasn't about you? You know what mm. I mean? Like, it was just about what was happening inside of us, and yeah, to have that ally who didn't necessarily take it personally. Now, I'm not saying women can you just behave badly, but. Yeah, you've got this. You've got this hormone storm going on, and um, and sometimes it's it's a lot. Yeah. That's so good. to to have that yeah. to have that like, you know, acceptance and like, oh yeah, this looks tough for you. You know, like it's not tough for me. <laughs> like, you're not you're not going to be able to say the right thing. Like, just put it out there. You're yeah, not going to be yeah, able to cool. say yeah. the right thing. You're not going to be able to make it go away. But if you can stand beside and be like, you know, I'm here. I'm here for you. Like you say, oh. give you some space. Yeah, that's cool. I'm glad it's you know. cool. That's good because a lot of men take things personally. We all when do. it comes to yeah. the relationship and mm. not understanding what's happening um, biologically or chemically, and we're like, "Oh, she doesn't, she doesn't want me, or she yeah. doesn't love me. Yeah. She, uh, she's stressed out." And you can take it personal and think it's there's something wrong. And then me, <laughs> then a lot of men play scenarios in their their head. It's like, okay. If you don't want me, you're not love me, I'll go somewhere else. And so it's cool that we're having this yeah. Talanoa because mm. to normalize it, eh? Especially yeah. for yeah, for, for men, men and yeah. for for and us culturally, because man, you don't talk about sex <laughs> unless you're in the locker room and um and you've got eight kids already. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, hey guys, do you want to talk about <laughs> two seats of twins? <laughs> oh, awesome. Yeah, well. 
how about you, Caroline? Like on the flip side of what Peach just shared in mm. terms of like when you're going through your cycle. And yeah, I mean, um, you know, I mean, there's just no time to play games at this age. Mm. Like you're carrying so much. Um, but what's interesting for me is we talk about hoora, you know, we talk about our holistic well-being and we talk about the physical, mental, spiritual and social. Um, and then you talk about emotions, but you don't talk enough about hormones. Mm-hmm. And you're right. It's the stuff that we leave in the dark. It's the stuff that we leave unspoken, untouched. And yet it's a powerful, powerful drive of um, some of the decisions that you make in the moment because you want to feel good or you want to maybe counteract some of the emotion that's sitting there. So, I mean, I haven't really thought about that. Hasn't really, you know, I haven't really thought that that's another element of us as human beings that we totally ignore, but yet when we're um, going through our teenage years, that's just pumping, pumping. pumping. And you're going, oh my gosh, why am I feeling this right now? <clears throat> um, and then you're trying to understand that, but you've got no one to talk to about it. And then you go through your 20s and your 30s and... I'm in my 40s now, um, and you kind of are going through a whole different set of feelings, but you kind of think it's emotions. But it, in actual fact, some of it is hormonal. Yeah. Um, and so you're kind of going, and you don't want to talk about it because it's fucking ma as well. Like you're like sitting there thinking these thoughts, and you're like, is it normal to have these kind of thoughts? Yeah. Um, is it okay to feel this way or not want to be intimate or want to be intimate, all of that sort of mm. stuff. So I find it, um, it's quite, oh, for me, it's quite mind-blowing because I don't talk about it enough. Uh, and yet it's a, a big, big part of who we are. It feels to me like all of the scripts that we've been given are too thin to contain us. Yeah. Like it's too thin, the sexual script we've got, the locker room script we've got, the, the script we've got, men want it too much, women don't want it enough, that's too thin. Mm. The hair script, the body script, the masculinity script, the, it's too, it's not, it doesn't give breadth and depth and life to how we could express ourselves as human yeah. beings. Mm. And I find as I'm older, I'm braver intimately with asking my husband questions and saying you know what's it like for you when I say this or how do you feel what would you like like what level of intimacy are you interested in because now I I feel more secure in who I am Mm. whereas you know honestly sometimes we'd make love and there was one way we made love and I thought oh he just doesn't want to see me he just doesn't really like me but that was the thought in my head. That had nothing to do with him and what he was thinking. He was thinking, this is fun. This is, feels good. Whatever he's thinking. I didn't ask. I just let my thoughts track away somewhere negative about me. So how are you going to be present to intimacy in that situation? You know, and, and you know, where there's a lot made of, you know, new love or fresh love or the excitement. But but deep knowing, deep connecting, the connecting that happens head, heart, soul, you know, where you see each other. Now, that's not every time, you know, you're connecting, right? Because there's stress and there's sleeplessness and there's kids and there's bills to pay. All that stuff impacts mm. on a relationship on a, on a regular basis, let alone an intimate basis. Mm. But wow, if we could bring ourselves more fully to, to each other. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and, and let our scripts widen. Yeah, mm. that's, that's so good because, like, in terms of having this thin script, like, does media play a big part of the sure. script that's given to us? 
because mm. for a lot of men they project what <laughs> a lot of them like cause porn plays a big part of mm. um, how we what you call it yeah. live out our, 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 our fantasies our fantasy yeah, yeah. Well, I don't watch porn but <laughs> <laughs> but when no, you did <laughs> but when you did back in the day I'm not saying anything I, I know that porn is one of the primary sex educators for our young people right so 12 year olds come mm. across it not because they're looking for it but because Pops the up. people who make it want people to watch it mm. right so the industry the porn industry doesn't give a rat's ass about your sex life it doesn't care about the quality of your your intimacy it doesn't care about whether you're getting it or not it just wants your eyeballs as long as possible as much as possible on mm. on its product so it's a business and it's not interested in in the rest of your life or anything about you except for your eyeballs so so porn is this difficulty because um, because it's everywhere now and it's and it's you know just so much of it and it's and yeah it's just everywhere it it is become this primary educator and what happens physiologically what happens for men when they're aroused is their security system turns off so they look out for is there anything dodgy here just turns off because you can't make love and be on the alert pretty much eh like you generally make love somewhere where you're safe pretty much I mean unless you're a teenager and this is the man in the car and stuff. but like ideally physiologically it's it's a vulnerable physical position to be making love so you generally your your security system is down so then men aren't even looking out for the dangerous a of porn if you're aroused you're not looking out for hey what's going on here you're not thinking critically or oh, hang on a minute Actually, there's not much consent. Oh, that, you know, I, I mean, I've studied a bit of porn. I've got a friend who works in the space and, and, and you know, the stuff that young men end up seeing is is all to do with this, this one view where there's no relationship. Mm. It's this sex that's happening to a person or at or on a person mm. and there's no real connection and intimacy and the rules say that she has to look like she's enjoying herself or... Then it's then and the rating goes up, right? So things could be happening that aren't that pleasurable, aren't that good feeling, mm. and um and she just has to run and bear it, you know. So then it's giving giving mixed messages. So I think, yeah, I think we're selling ourselves short if mm. if porn's our educator, because it's not about a mm. partnership, you know. It's not about Talanoa. It's yeah. not about the mm. deep not knowing. Yeah, the deep knowing. That only that, comes with experience. You know, and surely, surely it is ultimately very satisfying for a man to know that his woman is loving what's going on, that she is, that she has pleasure, deep pleasure. Surely that's satisfying. You tell me because I'm not a man. But that's what I've heard, that it is profoundly fulfilling for a man to be able to bring intimacy in a powerful way to his woman. Yeah. I, I agree. Uh, Powerful of, might be the wrong word. In terms of the, in terms but in terms, in terms of, the, of the pornography and all that, you, you, you see all the societal pressures and pornography, and you, and you see a lot of these young men and even older men now who are so trapped in this addiction. It's very addictive yeah. um, world, and and, and the, this false image of what love should be and how sex should be, and and like you were saying, there's, there's there's no like there's no relationship, there's no emotions tied to it. It's just let's just have sex, and so a lot of those those uh, those porn videos and clips, and a lot of our young men who are watching this. And you know, older men, it's it's um, it's telling them 
Indigenous societal established this is the way it is. This is how you make love to you, yeah. your, your woman, your, your wife, and so forth. But it's so detrimental. And we know that. We know it's, it's detrimental. It's, so, it's, 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 it's for, for me personally, it's like, it is. It's, it's, it's a killer. It's a real killer in terms of your relationship. Um, and so a lot of that, for me personally, is, is, that, is that in terms of you and, 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 um, and Petra, in terms of toxic masculinity, is that one of the, the, the biggest um, issues in terms of toxic masculinity in this day and age? Well, it's a good question. Well, I want to say something, though. I want to say don't feel judgment. Like, don't, like if, if somebody, like people watch porn, right? A lot of people watching porn. But it's like don't feel like a that you're stuck or that you are a bad person like it's not there's no judgment from here it's like what does it bring to your life like how how is it serving you or are you serving it like how is it bringing joy or life into your life now even that when you were mentioning porn is addictive it's physiologically a good feeling to be aroused but then we're told oh my body you know i feel guilty about it or or i just want more of it but I know dudes who's, you know, their penises stop working because it's porn or nothing. Like the real thing doesn't doesn't do it for them anymore. So they're they're having real world implications for their relationships. But it's like, I just I just think, can we step back and go, okay, what what good thing is coming out of this? Like, mm. where is it making my relationship better? Like you can ask your missus, is this is this working for you? Is this do you like? This stuff that I'm seeing over here that I now think I'm doing because she's smiling in the porn movie. Do you like this? Does this actually feel good for you? Because I heard a porn actress say, the stuff that happens in porn isn't about sex. It's, it's sports sex. It's like, it looks good for the camera. That's what porn is. It looks good for the camera. It doesn't feel good for the woman. Like it's not, and you know, it has to be visual. So there's all those restrictions. To speak about toxic masculinity... As a woman, we're told, you know, we're told we have to be a certain weight and 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 be a certain loudness. And even when we were talking about menopause before, like women are not supposed to be angry. We're not supposed to be angry, you know. Like, what would a healthy expression of anger look like for a woman? We ought to be exploring that. What would a healthy expression of anger look like for a man? Like, what is the role of anger? It's to it's to combat injustice. It's to speak up when 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 something important has happened and you need to speak up. Like there are times when anger is appropriate. Aggression, not so much, you know. But how how could we how could we take anger and like look at it and say, what is the purpose and role of this? How how could I express this in a way that gives life, in a way that does something useful or positive? And toxic masculinity, from what I've heard, is if men are true men, so the theory goes, they have to be good in the bedroom, the boardroom, and in the bodybuilding. Like they have to have the knockout body, the knockout whatever that have sex is, and then the knockout bank account. Mm. That is not that is not it. If if you're supposed to live to those ridiculous extreme examples, that's not living, is it? Like that is no. that is like being squished into this thin script mm. where you aren't a person anymore. You're a bank account, a penis and a bicep. You know, that sucks. Mm. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. And, and it's not to say you can't have, you know, care for your body and, and love it and, and make it look beautiful or, or be fiscally sound and build a, build a bank account up or 
be care for somebody and be great in bed. It's not saying any of those. It's just that that's not the only expression of masculinity, and it's certainly not the ultimate expression of masculinity, in my opinion. Oh, that's good. Because if that was the standard, I only um, took one out of three. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to let you guess which one. <laughs> I'm not rich. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have the body body. Nah. <laughs> You're the liberal man. man. In my opinion. In my, in my <laughs> what, what I want to say while we're still on the topic of sex, like, because, um, you know, we know if porn was our main educator, then uh, the way we express ourselves in the room was going to be, you know, we're not good. But in terms of what you talk about, um, in terms of this deep connection, intimacy, what is that like? Ah. What is that in terms of like, what does that mean to you? Uh, I reckon that's um, that's outside the bedroom. That's that's inside the bedroom. That's it, it, it's it's like when I can show up, warts and all, and and um, and I choose my husband again. I choose him. I say. I, it's not to say that I didn't go through a season in my marriage and be like, oh, 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 here we go, you know, like and pull faces when he says things I don't like and be like, oh, I'm a bit bored with this relationship. But I realised, what actually am I bringing? Like, what what effort am I putting into this? Is this something that that I care about? And and when I turned towards my husband, like when I turned towards him and was like, oh yeah, you're. Your whole own ass person who has hopes and dreams. What space have I made for these recently? Like, rather than seeing you as somebody who's like annoying me or shutting me down or telling me what to do, what if I just made a bit of mental and emotional space to see what you're doing? And and he decided to study. He'd never been to uni, and he decided to to take up um, a course. And he's doing one paper a semester, so it's like. It's going to take him about 35 years <laughs> to get a degree or something. But watching him do something for himself, like watching him input and invest in who he is as a man. And it really brings me joy when he pursues his friends. Like I, I think he's just so – he's very dedicated dad. And I'm like, I just I – to, I want to see him hanging out with his mates. And, and it's, like, it's like this mutually beneficial – um, seeing and and I know that sometimes I project stuff onto him. Like we, you know, you have circular arguments with the person who you're married to. Like you're like, oh, this argument, oh, how it ends. And I keep saying, oh, could we? How can we break this cycle? How can we do this differently? And so I think for me, intimacy looks like I still care enough to want it to be better, mm-hmm. and and to believe in him and to believe in us, like to believe that we can be deeper and stronger. Cool. Together, yeah. Mm. I feel hopeful. I feel really hopeful about our relationship, mm. and that is even accepting that this part of it is not going to be this dream fantasy that I thought it would be. He's never going to be this idea that I thought he would be. You know, like let go of some of my requirements of him that aren't going to happen. Mm. But it's not. It's not who he is. Let mm. it go. You know, but not also not not wait for him to be everything I need. Yeah. So cool. Yeah, showing wow. up, showing up for each other. Because I mean, um, there's this <clears throat> there's this thinking that we, a, as you get uh, as you uh, marry, uh, when you're in a relationship and it starts to extend for a period of time, you kind of think it could get comfortable. 
could yeah. get complacent. Slippers. Um, yeah, and then you start to, uh, I mean, you may even start to get bored. Yeah, um, you may. You oh, may. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you do. You get bored. You, get, you know, you might get bored. Yeah. Um, just Don't speaking hypothetically about. here. Hypothetically. Um, <laughs> but... Well, I guess in just hearing you caught it on, I think we don't um, see this enough, is we're changing every day. We're a new person every day. We have had an experience yesterday that's going to contribute to us today, that's going to contribute to us tomorrow, that's going to give us a new learning, a new perspective. We don't embrace the new version of us that we wake up to. And I think we need to, because if we don't, and we just keep looking at the past version of ourselves, trying to relive that over and over, we totally miss what's in front of us. Um, and so I love what you're saying. I love that intimacy is about being ready to learn something new about your partner or your husband or your wife or girlfriend, whatever, mm. learning something new about them because um, that's, you know, you're, you're not the same person today uh, yesterday, and so I think that's we we don't see life in that way. I just love your perspectives. I love your perspectives around seeing intimacy as us growing together, um, letting go of stuff that you wanted for them, but also being open to what they're becoming. I think that, to me that's exciting. That's really exciting. It sounds exciting, eh? It I is. love hearing you re say it. Like that's so the way you put it is so beautiful, and I've heard. Two things. I heard a woman say, a, a famous relationship counsellor, Esther Perel. She said, pretty much everybody has three or four marriages in them, but most of us do it with the same person. So we do three or four marriages with the same person, and I felt such freedom in that. I don't have to be the same wife that I've always been. I can grow and change. I, we, if, if I'm in a dry patch of my relationship, it doesn't. it's not going to be like this forever. If I'm in the high point of my relationship, okay, it's not going to be like this forever. <laughs> You know, this idea of what you're saying, allowing each other to change. And I, I will tell an example because I used to notice what was wrong often at the beginning. I would say, oh, you know, this hasn't worked and this hasn't worked and this hasn't. And my husband thought I was a negative person. So he would see me as quite negative because I'd point out the bits that could be improved or the bits that needed to be fixed. And it was just a habit. It was a habit of noticing what was wrong. And I decided to change that habit, and so I I would notice, I, w I would just be more positive. I would just say off the bat all the things that were working or all the things I loved and enjoyed. But the thing was he couldn't hear it, like for this whole patch of time. And I, I, call, I remember calling out in the house, hey, babe, I, I love what you've done in here. What's wrong in there? He'd say. Mm -hmm. And I'd say, oh, no, I love how you've changed the pot plants. What did I kill? What did I do wrong now? You know, like, what, what did I spill? Uh, and I was like, wow, he's hearing something I'm not saying because he's expecting me mm. to be how I used to be. Mm. And so I had to go, hey, 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 time out, time out. I want you to know I've made a change. I'm choosing to see the positive. It's that I'm embracing what's good first. I'm relaxing about all that stuff. And, I, and unless you can see it, you'll never let me be it. You'll never let me be this new person mm. who who sees the best in people first sometimes, you know. Yeah. So that was, I, I actually had to make the request directly. So, That's, yeah, we have to sometimes make that space for each other. Yeah. And what was um, his reaction after that, after he sat down with him? And oh, yeah, I think he, I think he, saw, it. he saw it. And, and I wasn't angry or anything. I was yeah. just like, I was like, whoa, a realisation. Oh, unless he allows me to be this, this new version of me or this changed version of me then 
we'll both be stuck yeah. with that old version. That's yeah. awesome. You have to expect it. Because yeah. so what's the old way that we, when we hear it, what do we, what do we call it? When always printing up the nagging on us. The nagging on us. Oh, that's the word. Nagging. Bro, it's nagging and nagging on us. So we, 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 yeah. I call it talking. The Bible says nagging. You've met women in the podcast now. But that's, it is interesting, Petra, and, and, and Carolyn, because... It is. I think for us, man, it's very, it's very simple. I don't know, um, Jay and, and, and Charles, it's very simple in terms of who we are and, and, and accepting our wives and so forth and looking at them. And, and for the longest time, you know, I, I hear time and time again, people like, and there's quotes out there, oh, your wife is, is trying to change you. They're trying to change you into this better person of who they expect you or they envision you to be. And it is, it can be very hard for, for us as men to like, okay, it's in terms of accepting what they want, but also accepting ourselves. Yeah. And I can imagine what, 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 with Hamish and what you were saying in terms of you, the, the example you were setting. So, oh, so if she's saying something, oh my gosh, I gotta be wary because she's pretty angry. Criticizing, now. judging, yeah, judging yeah. me now. Critiquing, nagging. Yeah. And so, yeah. It can, yeah so, it can, like, like, like Charles was saying, it does play on our, our, our minds like, man, what, what, what is this? She's always nagging on me. She doesn't, she doesn't trust me, all that kind of stuff. And so, for us as men, like, for, for us, we're simple. I think we're, we're simple beings in terms of uh, as, as, as a man, but we just wanna know that. Hey, our wives are supportive of what we do, yeah. but also we, we need our own um, as men. We need our own time and in our own space to be like, hey, we're, we're in control. We 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 got we can provide. We can do all this, all of this, um, but the struggle in terms of um, our, our wives and and understanding each other, you know, being able to understand um, where where we where we stand and where she stands, and, and I think that's where the the lack of communication happens and a lot of. Uh, a lot of the clashing and all that kind of stuff yeah. because we don't talk about it. Friction. Yeah, so we don't, I don't know, do we actually, as, as the Usos, as brothers, do we actually talk about certain issues or do we just, off, yeah, I don't know, Jay? Uh, Pete's talking about himself, but. Nah, kidding. <laughs> nah, nah, Pete's right, like, um, <laughs> cause for a long time, um, I'm just trying to think, but like, you know, my wife, she's strong. She's a strong woman. And one thing I always tell others, like, because we've been together for over 20 years, and one thing that's helped me grow is that she's allowed me to grow. Like, she, like what Petra said, like, she could easily, like, point out everything and could lead from the front. But she had to be patient. <laughs> it took ages because, you know, I turned 30 and she goes, still like a little kid, but, you know, she allowed me to grow into the man. Um, that I've become and still evolving into. So she gave me that space. Um, and I think it was always, yeah, like you said, like what's simple, like sometimes we always think like, um, you know how, I don't know about you men, but like, you know, if when you say, what do you want to eat? <laughs> and then they go, oh, up to you. And then you pick. And they go, why did you come here? I don't want to eat here. Like, things like that. Like, we can't read, <laughs> read your body if you tell us. Uh, like, there's always this expectation on us. Like, oh, why didn't you um, do this or come and pick me up at this time? Or like something. It could be anything. And then we don't do it. It's because we didn't get, we need instruction. <laughs> we'll do it. But because we've been together for so long, I know, like, I understand and I know, okay, both things I'm gonna <laughs> gonna make sure I prepare this meal mm. or um buy an extra burger for her. Yeah. Extra burger. If she doesn't eat it, then I know you got an extra burger. 
Win-win. Win-win, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I think women have expectations that men will read their minds uh, sometimes, and emotionally that, that they'll fulfil these emotional needs that we don't mention because we're t- a little bit worried that if we mention them you won't mm. fulfil them. And women are supposed to pretend that wow. we're not needy when every human being has needs. Yeah. If it's, it's normal and right and good to have needs. It's okay, but mm. we're like, ooh. You know, and then there's attachment styles like some people they pursue, and then the other person's like, whoa, mm, and then the other yeah, person's yeah, like, whoa. Yeah. So, so even just understanding how we operate, I, I agree. My my husband's like, oh, you know, if you want to just say, just say so, and I'm like, oh, that's dangerous. Like, you just tell you what I want. You know? <laughs> <laughs> what if you don't give it to me? You know, like <laughs> I never. I've so never there's like this, this, you know, there's this there's this tr- element of trust, eh? Mm. Where you, we, and yeah, it's so funny. It, yeah, I, and letting each other letting each other grow, or, like it's all good in theory. I, yeah. I do think I do think though that um, a, a famous psychologist called M. Scott Peck wrote a book called The Road Less Travelled, and he said there's only two reasons to get married. One is they've tried lots of different ways of raising kids, and kind of a mum dad concept that's the best construct, flawed as it is, and uh, and for the friction. And I was like, holy what? For and the it, for the friction. So this idea that we rub ourselves smooth, and you look at water and rocks, whoa. Like water is soft, but it makes those rocks smooth. You give it mm. long enough. And this idea that, you know, the people who irritate us the most are actually, they're, they're, they're activating something in us that maybe needs a bit of a file. I need mm. a bit of a smooth. And that's really confronting. Like when I up in arms about something. I, I've started to go, okay, what is it in me that is activated by this? Like, how can I, like, you know, carry my part rather than, you are ruining my life, husband. <laughs> <laughs> how dare you? Like, he, he, I used to, I'm not very good at saying no. That's probably why I said yes, eh? To the podcast, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not very good at saying no. I actually love saying yes. And don't like saying no, but I didn't used to let myself say no. So I'd have this big thing and I'd say, hey, Michelle, what should I do? Should I say yes? What should I say no? And I was only ever asking if I wanted to say no. And he'd said, you should say no. And I'm like, what? You're trying to ruin my life. I can't say no. You know, they'll be upset with me. Or And for him it was simple. If you want to say no, he's a guy with boundary, you say no. It's simple. You just say no. I'm like, you don't understand. It's easy for you. You know, like, but actually – Maybe he's in my life to help me find my way to healthy no. Mm. Even though I like hated it. That's so true <laughs> yeah. though. Just thinking and even right back to the example about like choosing food. Like I, I realise now with my wife that if I give her like too many choices, I'm just like, what's for dinner? You know, she can't decide. But we know now that she loves to have choices. And so so we make it a bit of a game. I'll throw out three choices and I kinda know. I have an idea of what you like, and then it's just a three, two, one, boom, tiebreaker, get one of the kids, and they're the third one. Okay, these are the <laughs> options. Which one you know works best? Um, and I just think there's something about that, knowing that very specific information, so you cool. know, our pattern of, I think I mentioned it last time, about our pattern of chaos. Like, everyone operates on their own sort of rhythm and pattern, but, like, you can only get to know someone's pattern when you live with them, when you clash heads, bump heads, annoy each other, all that sort of thing, like sort of similar to the water and the rocks. It's that you hang in there and eventually you just are able to to talk about things. And something you said earlier on about, um, you know, women are not 
they're not broken women who need men. I've always felt in the reverse of that. I've always felt that I was the broken one and my wife has helped me through things. And she has because we've been able to talk about things that I've never spoken to anyone in the world about. Um, but she's helped me break things down and realize patterns that just I hadn't connected the dots before. And now because of that, our relationship, you know, now we can, I feel like we can talk about anything and, you know, and we do for the most part. And I, I'm, I'm really enjoying this journey because I've felt um, like in the past, you know, when you're bored or, um, be, you know, having these expectations because you're being exposed to things at an at a, at a age, at a young age and things are really unrealistic. But I think coming through all of that, it's really helped me find my purpose. And my purpose now is to, um, to show my gratitude, to cherish my family, but to show it through the things that I'm, you know, my endeavors and the things that I'm trying. And like you, Petra, I think sometimes I overshare and sometimes, you know, I say yes a lot when I know my wife is always telling me no, but I'm, adventure is such a big part of yeah. who I am. And I think, it's, you know, for all of us, and there's just something special about just seeing where things go. I yeah. mean, You've been able to come here and share so much with us, and I'm so grateful to you know that you've been able to come here and, and open our minds to yeah, some that's cool. cool. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. How? But you know, with the rate of divorce and breakup and all that, um, and they stem from a lot of what we're talking about them not doing. Like, how do you open? How do you like? Because we want. I I guess. As we open this kōrero up today um, and talk to some of these real, real issues and we talk about some really good experiences and what's working for us, like how do we help those who are struggling, you know, who are in a relationship where just maybe taking their eyes off them and putting their eyes on the other person might just make a difference in that relationship in that moment? Like what are some things that we can offer men and women um, tools that they can take away from this conversation that maybe this evening or when they watch the podcast they can go okay maybe if I just do that there might be a chance to there might be an opportunity to save this relationship or just hold it out a little bit longer instead of just finding the quick the, the exit um, because it's become too much or overwhelming and I get that it could become too much and overwhelming I get that um but people haven't just come together out of nothing. They've come together through attraction. They've come together because there was some compatibility right at the beginning. But because of our reactions and our responses to stuff, we then start to sort of veer off. So how do we, you know, what can, what can people do that's simple enough for them to just make a slight difference in their relationship just for tonight and maybe hope that that might change things tomorrow. I mean, I'm real trying to, I'm optimistic about this because, yeah. you know, if we can do it yeah. and we're, and no, not, not that we can do it, if we're willing to work on it, you know, and keep working on it, like what do people need to do out there to, you choose that? I've got four ideas yeah, and cool. perimenopause, I've forgotten three of them. So just <laughs> left with one. <laughs> no. <laughs> I love, I love your idea about making incremental changes and like quite a few thoughts come to mind because every relationship is hard. Every relationship has difficulty in it. You, your relationship with your parents, your relationship with your children, your relationship with your colleagues, even your relationship with your best friend can be the best ever but sometimes they are a little bit annoying, you know? So 
I trust relationships that have been through difficulty because it's sort of tested them. And if everybody's just like, ah, I love you, I love you, I love you. I was like, oh, this relationship, this hasn't come under any pressure. Like, I don't know if this is a good time relationship or not. If this person's just here for the good times and then they're gone. So I'm much more trusting of relationships that have had a little bit of tension on them to, to see, you know, are we invested in each other? As far as intimate relationships go, we all have difficulties and we take our difficulties with us. So you can leave any relationship you like and the mm. person you take with you is yourself. So you take your doubt, your fear, your rejection, your not enoughness, your questions, good and bad, with you wow. into the next relationship. So I think it, the easiest option is to push all of our pain out and be like, it's you, it's this, it's that, it's because of this. And that makes sense, right? We're, we're trying to survive. So mm. there's this kind of impulse to justify. <clears throat> it's not me, it's you. You've, and, and, and there's this impulse to rewrite, I don't think I was ever in love with you. I hear people say that as they get out of a relationship. I don't think I ever loved him really. Or mm. I don't think I ever really loved him. That's not true. Mm. You really had all those hormones and chemicals and you had all that attraction and you really did think they were a bit of all right. But but the, the idea that we would stay in any one state and it would it would be just at this perfect point. I think for me, I, 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 go to, I, I went to counselling for, for years. After I had my baby, I had some depression and so I went and got some counselling. And I remember distinctly my counsellor saying to me, not only can you not change your husband, it is not your job to. So not only can you not fix, change him, it's not, you're not supposed to. And I was mm. like, wow, that's just taking a whole load off. <laughs> Imagine all the time and energy I'm going to save. Now I don't have to fix and change my man. <laughs> this is awesome. But it was, so it was kind of a revelation of, oh, what if he isn't broken and needing to be fixed. Mm. If I'm not broken and needing to fix. So so in terms of relationship, can we live out of, can we find our own okayness? Can we live out of a germ or a gem of, what if I'm good inside? <laughs> like, what if I'm, what if I'm doing the best I can with what I have? And another phrase is, we love clumsily. Human beings love clumsily. So if we're expecting perfection of our partner we're expecting to, them to know everything or get everything right and be smooth we're just not taking into account that we love clumsily we hurt each other and we don't mm. mean to sometimes we do it out of our own pain you know like just this just the nuance of saying oh yeah okay this is going to be a bit hard we're going to have crunchy bits it's going to be crunchy for a while but actually to start a new relationship I'm just going to have this happy, snappy season, then it's going to get all crunchy again. I'm just going to take myself into that new relationship. So for me, unless there's underlying, like, you know, there's a gambling addiction, there's a drink addiction, or there's, a, there's stuff that's going on that really needs to be addressed, like actual safety stuff. Mm. What, what is it? How could we, how can we, like you're saying, make space for each other and turn towards each other? So this is my, this is one of my, my main relationship revelations, is that it's not about my husband and I, in combat, like face it. When you sit right in front of somebody, it's really confronting. Have you noticed how you have those really cool conversations when you're in the car and you're both facing forward? <laughs> you just like can talk about all sorts of deep stuff because you're not looking at each other. Nobody can see if anybody's pulling a face. But that whole, you know, if 
if in an argument it's about me winning or him winning, we're both on a hiding to nothing because one person loses if someone wins. Mm. So if I have to be right, there's a problem. There's a big problem in my Mm. relationship because that makes them wrong. And if they have to be right, then that makes me wrong. Did you see how that binary thing of Mm. right and wrong, winner and loser, doesn't work in relationship? It's good on a sports field. Let's let's do it out there. Mm. Let's have a team win. And the other team have a participation award. But if we see ourselves as side by side, this is my whole whole thing, theory. If we see ourselves as shoulder to shoulder, but each offering a unique perspective, because if you cover one eye, your focal, your ability to focus and see see things isn't as good. Mm. So, so this is this this much difference: the left eye and the right eye working together have a clarity that one eye doesn't have. What if me and my partner are shoulder to shoulder, and our perspectives are aligned? Like it's really helpful to work out if you've got the same values. That's a really helpful thing for intimate relationship. If you don't have the same values really tough mm. Mm. you know like enough enough of the same values so mm. maybe have a values combo but that that focal point of the two of you where you get to see differently I, I see the world differently to my husband mm. can I allow him to see the world differently to me and then allow where does it cross where are, where does it bring ourselves into focus so that's been my that's cool. yeah my effort has been to be thinking of us as shoulder to shoulder not Eye to eye, yeah, in that that confronting way. That's beautiful, man. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, jeez, and man, Petra, we, okay. And you've got to be, you've got to be willing, eh? You've got to be yeah. willing. Yeah, and um, it's hard, eh, to oh. listen to. Oh, it's so hard when my husband says it. Just hear me, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Props, props to you, Hamish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I was oh, just man. thinking about you know what what are some practical things you can do, and just to add on to. Petra's point. Yeah. Invest in some baby oil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what I got out of the sun. My baby oil. My baby oil. And you can wear it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, I will. I will. <laughs> <laughs> then you'll be good in two of those things. <laughs> <laughs> Check out the glisten on that bicep. Oh, man, Petra. It is, it is Petra. It's just been a wealth of knowledge in terms of hearing our wahine and your perspective, and, and also of Caroline. It is, yeah. because it is, it's, an, it's, 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 a, we're in a place in a, in a time and a day and age where, you know, sometimes men, men have kind of, and you can agree to disagree, but we're kind of demonized nowadays, and there's men can't really say things, or, you know, there's obviously this toxic masculinity, all this, or emasculate men, all that kind of stuff you hear out there in the media, and, and, and it can, can be quite de- detrimental and damaging for, for our, our men, or especially our younger men coming up. And they, they, don't, they don't feel like, oh, what does it mean to be a man in this day and age? What does it be to be a man in, in the modern um, era or modern day? And so it's, it is, it's quite refreshing, Petra, and, and, and with Caroline, to hear your perspective and for us to, to educate. And this is the whole premise around this, is for us when we, have, when we talk to our, our wahines to educate each other, but also to understand mm. the different perspectives. Yeah, men are marvellous. Oh, you're just magnificent. Honestly, you are magical creatures. A, you can lift heavy objects. Oh, <laughs> but yeah. also, it's just like, how can we come home to the unique difference? Like, you know, I used to think, oh, men don't make sense, they don't talk enough. But how you do things is, is, is right and good, and it's letting yourselves be right and good. And we can let ourselves be right and good in that way that is 
we each have so much to bring, mm. you know? And, and I think out of that self-acceptance often is where the acceptance of others can come from, that we almost have to have it before we can give it away. But that's hard. That's hard work. That's work I'm, that's work I'm still doing, you know? Work I'm, I feel like I, it's like a little... It's like an elevator. It comes up. Oh, that thing's come up again. I have to. Oh, okay. It's still oh, there. Okay, it's still yeah. there. Gosh, I have to deal with that again. You know? <laughs> Keyword: hard work. It is. Yeah. It is, it is. Yeah, it is hard work. But but with it. Yeah, for really sure. with it. And and look, you guys have built a community here. Like a, you've got each other, but you've got the community of listeners who know they're not alone in their struggles, that everybody struggles. I mean, I'll go home and probably have a real Barney with Hamish tonight and be like, oh, well, you know, said all that good stuff supposedly and here I am just busy being a human, loving clumsily. But, yeah, yeah, keen to have, just to see you reach out to each other and to your community and be like, fellas, we got you, we got you, we're here for you. It's you know, cool. we got each other. Yeah, that's awesome. I think it's important for um, men to hear that um, there's support for them. Yes. Because society is doing some of that Mm. to our um, tāne, to our men. Um, And it's quite quite sad to see. I mean, when you're in your 40s, you've been around for four decades, four and a half decades. (laughs) So you've seen like trends. Yeah. Yeah, fashion. Aged Sorry, women, I was just man. thinking about Kevin Hart and um, Dom Chitter when he taught his age and he gets Damn! <laughs> no, but I didn't mean that right there. Yeah, Carry okay. on. Sorry. See, I haven't dyed my hair. <laughs> but um, you've seen these trends and you grow up with men who, like my dad and um, my grandfather, very determined, focused, outspoken, you know, very um, laser. Uh, focused on what they had to do and would say certain things and then today you kind of go where where are those guys today <laughs> like what's happened to their voice what's happened to um, them leading in the front like what's happened there um, what has society done to contribute to that and what do we need to do to undo that because um, I've got a son I have a son who's just turned um, 13 he's going to be a teenager and I'm like nah that's not happening to my son like I want to make sure he's allowed to be fully man, you know, without any um, social expectations on what he can say, what he can't say, what he can do, what he can't do. And we really need to be protective of that. And I know you've got two sons, and I can imagine you're very similar in terms of making sure they're fully themselves. Um, and so, being able to, yeah, yeah I, I think this podcast allows me to just do that, and it's been so. Such a such a great experience to be able to hear men speak freely, uh, be raw, mm. um, be honest, be mm. open. Uh, but that needs to continue. We need to be able to see that more and more and more. Mm. Yeah, and you know, shout out to all our men that have come on and sort of expressed their stories because it's not easy, but they've been through it and they're mm. still on this journey of like evolving and getting the right support and so. Uh, them allowing themselves to be vulnerable and share their their journey it's opened the doors for for others to do the same and we get so many messages from our, our men and uh, especially our, the wives or, or partners of our men that saying man because of what you guys have talked about it's given me a deeper understanding of 
of my partner and and so they're able to have these conversations and they're growing together and and then tonight like this is a this is just a new revolution i guess or evolution of the podcast because mm. now we're having a conversation um with not just men but with our wahine and things that you have spoken about man it's it's been enlightening because yeah. you know it's things we don't usually talk about, and and I love the uh, how you talk about um, being shoulder to shoulder because we've got a couple here who are shoulder to shoulder. Yeah, we have to, and, and it's um, a amazing illustration of like how we can move forward as as people, as um, a community, and and working shoulder to shoulder with each other and understanding and continue to communicate and. Yeah, I just yeah. love it. It's good, yeah. man. And I also love the um the stage in life that we've been able to journey through in this corridor. I love mm. that. Is there a male vision of your show? I know somebody um somebody asked in radio, they were like, We need a boys version of this. <laughs> yeah. We just no, need the men to come to your show. It's mandate. I love it. I love it. Once you guys are a little older. <laughs> but uh, Nah, but they see, are. I wish they are. I could have grey hair so I could yeah. be oh, um, Green, but I've got uh, no hair. <laughs> <laughs> it's the headline that uh, man, that's sad, man. They wouldn't put me on TV because of my hair. <laughs> <laughs> and you can't be Prime Minister, supposedly. Oh, no, watch out, Christopher Luxon. No, don't say that. <laughs> In America, no bald Prime Minister since the advent of Telly. Oh, wow. Is wow. that a thing? Yeah. Yeah, they haven't had a bald, bald, bald. president. President. Just but they, had two they had two faces. They yeah. had two faces. What was that? Just came over. I might have to grab my hair. Sorry, oh. Jay had a question. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, you're all good. I, I, I think for me, just thinking how you mentioned um, your son, and I just can't help but think of um, of the kids that I teach um, who are sort of at that age where they're about to go through puberty, and I know some of them are already, you know, starting to go through that, uh, some of that, and um, just some of the conversations I've had um, recently about, um, you know, to keep the kids in line and keep them in order and all this sort of stuff, and I think for me it's always been about the character of, of a child to me that's what teachers do is like we guide them we yeah we give them the tools to you know the curriculum and learn all the basics and all that sort of stuff but more importantly i think for me is helping them develop character because i think all that other stuff will come um but the emotional resilience and the character knowing who they are identity all that sort of stuff um and so i just think about my kids who are going through that and you know they know when they can come into the class and express themselves, however they're feeling. Yeah. If it's a messed up day, they yeah. cuss, all good. Yeah. Like, you're my kids, let's talk about it. Yeah. And um, I just, I, it feels really empowering to know that regardless of, because getting older is scary. Like, so sometimes I'm like, what am I doing teaching these kids? Or even being a parent, I'm like, I'm not even qualified. Like, I don't know what I'm doing sometimes. And I think it's just calming to know that there's hope and that it's part of the journey and yeah. that, you know, we embrace it. And I think there was a tagline um, for Great Areas that I thought was so fantastic. It was like going grey with gusto, gorgeousness and breaking the mould. And I just, I really see that energy in you tonight. And it's really cool that it emanates from you because I feel like I've been able to pick up some of that hope and gusto. And it's, it's kind of... Backed me a little bit because I, I started to feel a little like questioning myself. Like, am I the one? Am I seeing things wrong when everyone else is doing what they're supposed to? And I, I'm 
seemingly the rebel doing things differently, but it's kind of cool to just feel like, no, this is my journey. This is who I am, and this is who I am to these kids, to my kids, and it's just cool to see that, in fact, we're all on this journey together. So Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. It's been cool. That's so cool. I just love that you let your kids show up. You let them show up, all of them. The bits that are easy to deal with and the bits that aren't, the bits that are socially acceptable and the bits that aren't. That's that's safe space, that's relationship. When you can show up and be seen and loved for who you are, you know, because that shows them that they're safe maybe to come home to themselves. It's massive. It's such a gift. Yeah. That's so cool. I want you as my teacher. Oh, <laughs> he's, a, he's a brilliant teacher. He's yeah, a brilliant he's teacher. He's a snacksy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure my teacher. Man. Oh, Petra, man. Uh, Sorry, because I, I I know we spec out there, um, and you should, um, I think Caroline had uh, um, had mentioned that you've been on a tell Modi oh, yeah. journey. Are you oh, able to yeah. talk about it? Cause it oh, because because uh, most of our audience are all Pacifica Modi, oh. and and it's really I think it's cool when. Um, well, you're kind. Thanks for leading me into your culture. So <laughs> yeah. kind for making space. I was, I was, I was standing outside a building, and I was like, "What? Well, I want to learn something. What do I want to do? Creative writing, or do I want to?" I've always wanted to speak a second language, and I've always wanted to learn Te Reo Māori. And um, and so I walked inside, and they're like, "Right, we're gonna all a staff. We're all gonna learn Māori." And I'm like, "Really? Great. Sign me up." And so we started these lessons um, through Tuanong or Aotearoa. And they would come and we would go early on a Tuesday morning and then the next year it was early on a Wednesday morning and we'd have two-hour classes and we had wonderful kayako and they they taught us stuff. And honestly, I reckon it took me two years to be brave enough to go. I, it's like trying to hear the vowel sounds properly, right? And just go up to someone and I'm like, I was just like so nervous because I don't know if it's because I communicate okay in English. I was just sort of slightly freaked out and I still feel the fear but um, the more kupu, the more words I learned and the more tikanga we learned and mokawa, the more we understood tao Māori, the way of a different way of seeing the world, a very embodied way of seeing the world and to, and to kind of be allowed in to the perspective of another nation's eyeballs, you know, and just, just to... I think, for me, I fell in love with my own life again through Te Reo Māori because I got new words for it, new language. And sometimes, like the word you mentioned, ruahine, instead of menopause. That's like, oh, this word has no baggage for me. Like This word, this is a fresh word. This is a new way of seeing that gives me space to think differently about something that the whole of society says is just terrible, just dreadful. I remember going to a lecture and somebody said this, I've got nothing good to say about menopause. And I was like, oh my goodness, I'm not jumping on your bus. But here I was learning language and I'm still a baby learner, but uh, anytime I speak in public and I, I'm in love with the language and and anytime I speak in public, I want to represent, this is this is a taonga, like it is a treasure. Uh, People's languages are hold their cultures. Mm. So, you know, language holds ideas. It holds, yeah, the essence, I think, of how we express ourselves and understand and know ourselves and, and, and how we live and have our being our, in the world. And so yeah. if, if we don't have the language, then we don't have that way of thinking and that way of being. So it's such a joy to 
to be allowed in and to be able to, I think my desire would be to create a bridge and, and ask people to hop on, you know, like people like me, like Palangi and Pakeha people and say, come on over, come on, step onto the bridge, like take a step towards mm. tangata whenua, you know, tangata, as Tangata Tiriti, like actually make an effort, take a step towards because it's uh, it always gives more than it takes. Mm. And I feel grateful. I, I know I don't have the same mamai, I don't have the same pain and language trauma. So, mm. you know, I'm learning not to take up space and language spaces, like not to, not to be asking all the questions and not to be, it's not about me and my understanding, but it's about how can I, how can I participate? You know, how can I, continue to foster and build and you know, this is what sets New Zealand apart, you know, is how beautiful Tangata Whenua and Pacifica people like this is oh so good. <laughs> <laughs> I was like I could wax lyrical. But it's such an addition, yeah, to my mm. life. The 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 perspectives, the tikanga Maori and Because yeah. you know, Petra, one of the things I've really um love about you in this part of your life is your sense of freedom. Yeah. And this real, um, I, I, I mean, this is just, you have this real sense, sense of innocence and freedom. We can say what you want to say, but you also have this real heart for people. Um, and then, you know, you've also just touched on your um, journey to this point. Um, has that, has the, you know, learning te ao Māori and all of that, has that been a part of it? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And was and even prior to that, where was the turning point for you where you were just like, fuck it. <laughs> <Why not> <laughs> fuck <laughs> it. Sorry. Like, let's you go. Know, this think, is what I'm going to do. This yeah. is who I am. I think that, I think, I think the I think the podcast has been quite significant. I think letting my, my hair go grey and, and pursuing things because I was passionately, engaged in them like there was no there was no commercial purpose for me to learn the rule and I, I hope oh man imagine if I could actually do a full immersion one time and and really get into it like there's still so much I want to learn but it's like this this at when will I when will I how when do I let myself show up as me you know, at what point do I stop editing myself and squishing myself into these shapes to please other people? Who even are these other people? <laughs> like, where are they? Are they voices in my head or are they thoughts that I've had or ways I perceive the world is requiring me to be? Because mm. I'm, I'm a law-abiding citizen. You know, I'm not, you know, it's like, it's not like, it's my, my kind of the, fuck yes, it's not fuck you. Do you know what I mean? It's not like, and I will climb on top of you to get free. It's, mm. oh, yeah. I can just show up as me. And if people don't like it, that's okay. <laughs> like even this journey of, <clears throat> I approach all the guests who, who come on Grey Areas, I'm just stoked when someone says no. I mean, I'm sad in some ways because I'm like, I would love to talk to them. Yeah. But when they say no, I'm like, it's not right for you right now. I respect your no. But I used to be afraid of no, you know, afraid of saying it, afraid of receiving it, afraid of maybe rejection. Now I'm like, if you don't like me, more the power to you. That fair enough. That's fine. You don't have to. Yeah. But I like me, <laughs> so I'll take myself over here. You know, like I don't need everybody. Yeah, I don't. It just feels. It's freeing. Yeah. yeah, it feels a little bit like I'm working less hard. Yeah. Cool. And you go, yeah. I don't have to spend any more energy here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe over here. How, yeah, it's and, cool. And maybe running out of some energy means that you 
think about where you're going to put your energy. Do you know? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. for sure. Well, we're, cool. we're, we're glad. It reminded me of some, um, I think you did an episode with Susie Cater and you talked about no and how our bodies react to just hearing the word no. Yeah. And I just thought it was really fascinating. And then you literally would just talk to her and saying no to each other. She said, shall we say no to each other? And we sat there saying no nah. to each other. I'm like, whoa. You didn't do yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> yeah, no. Nah. Yeah, nah. I tried that with like a, my 19-year-old girlfriend, my, like my best friend when I was young. I said like, she was terrible at saying no. And I said, I'm going to ask you some questions. You have to say no. I said, would you? like to go to the movies she's like yes I'm like no I'm not actually asking you to the movies I'm getting you to practice saying no and she couldn't say no to any of them I do want to go to the movies <laughs> man I love that you're um, I, I love that you're changing the narrative on a lot of the stuff you know you're changing the narrative on um, I mean for a long time when we when we were growing up failure was a bad thing yeah yeah, failure was a bad Terrible. thing. And so... Hide it. Yeah, hide it. Don't talk about it. Be shameful about yeah. it. Um, and then you're also highlighting in relationships. You know, that conflict that we have is good. Yeah. It's healthy mm. stuff. And if you're able to work through it, my gosh, <laughs> power to you. Because you don't have to leave that relationship with all this unfinished business. Yeah. You know, all that sort of stuff that hasn't been resolved. Stick at it. Stay in it. Um, and then as you've... Uh, pro- as you've... Um, gracefully moved into this part of life I just love that you're like this is who I am because I was kind of think I was just saying to Batia don't you think it's weird that people want to dye their hair and want to be something else and not just be themselves like that that's the that should be the narrative that we're working towards is just this is who I am this is oh gotta figure out another version of myself tomorrow or next week like that's hard work there's a lot of pressure because there's stuff to sell right we've got to keep the economy going they need you to not feel super good about yourself so that you buy the thing that makes you feel better about yourself like there is economic imperative to dissatisfaction i think Mm. we've lost the art of satisfaction we've seen it as unambitious and ungoing anywhere like what if satisfaction what if what if we pursued peace what if i was increasing the peace in my life and still able to take action yeah. For myself or for someone else or on their behalf. What if I was able to be actively engaged peacefully? Like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I'm like, but maybe you can't sell so much to somebody who's feeling pretty peaceful. Mm. Maybe that's a harder sell. Consent. Do you need this? Do you want this? You, you should have this. You need this to feel better about yourself. You need this <laughs> air fryer. You need this vacuum cleaner. Yeah. You need this car. You need this haircut. You know, like, mm. or, nah. No, no, no. I got this no. as a clothes swap. This is a brand new sweatshirt. Got it a clothes swap for free. I'm like, yes. That's a cool top. It's funny. I was with the girl when she bought it. She never wore it. She's like, oh, it's too big for me. I'm like, oh, I'll take it. <laughs> but, you know, uh, I'm not saying, I'm just saying, yeah. Yeah, peace out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Love it. But we're so glad. We're so glad you said yes to us. Oh, thanks. So, <laughs> so we appreciate it, Petra. It has been. It's been really like Charles has said. It's just been really enlightening in terms of your your sharing and your perspective, and also with Caroline as well. It is. I can guarantee it's going to be very helpful for our men uh, to get a bit of an insight and a bit of a glimpse of man. This is what a woman, a wahine, are thinking, are going through. And so instead of kind of. Stepping oh. back, oh, okay, yeah. and avoiding yeah. it, avoiding the conversations yeah. and, and the awkwardness. But like um, you said, 
walking together, shoulder to shoulder, and, and collaborating together, and supporting each other, and being able to understand um, what um, uh, our Wahidis are going through, and vice versa, what we're going through. And so, Petra, what a what a what an amazing amazing night tonight. And so, thank you so much for coming on and and for giving us your insights. It's been a real, real honor, honor and a pleasure. Oh, Appreciate you. it. Any any last words, um, team? Oh man, I'm just over the moon. First of all, I was like, I can't believe Petra's coming. Oh, this, you're so <laughs> kind. I'm secondly, just like a regular person. Secondly, <laughs> you're absolutely beautiful in person oh. with your grey hair. Oh, I love that you're making grey look stylish. <laughs> That's yeah, exciting for me. Because yeah, my yeah. mum's like, my mum's like, anyone who doesn't dye their hair is just rude. And I'm like, that's it. I'm not dyeing my hair. <laughs> just to it just get. was a way. It was a way of being that the hair dye was revolutionary yeah, for them, and right. it, now it's like not. And you're just. And I, I think when I saw you on on one of your first podcasts, I was like, "Is that Petra with grey hair?" Like I actually had to stop and re look at your one of your um podcasts, and I was like, "Wow, she's cool!" <laughs> like just making it look styly, <laughs> making it look cool, fresh, all of that. So. The fact that you're here with us sharing your insights. Oh my gosh, you're so over the moon about it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I think similar to everyone. It's been quite uh, like a new experience. And I think just being exposed to things, because now that I think about it, I don't really have too many like... Women women, friends. Yeah, no, not really. No, it's just mainly me and my wife and like a couple of inner circle friends that are like younger or similar age, but no one really who's like can help give a preview to what might come awesome. and how we might sort of reinforce ourselves and oh, our relationships. Okay. And um, so, yeah, I just wanted to say thank you for the wisdom. Honestly, I feel like I'm at uni with my lecture notes. <laughs> like all the questions I had all got asked organically. So I'm just grateful. I was just taking in nuggets. Um, and something you said that I thought was really cool was like, where is my inner goddess? And it just made me think like there's, God is in all of us. Yeah, God's yeah. in all of us. And so it's just truly a lot of the journey is finding it within ourselves and Aye. being able to project. So Aye. thank you so much for the enlightenment. Yeah, I'm, I'm just really um, honoured and um, privileged that you were sitting across from you and Aww. we grew up watching you and, um, and a lot of what you've shared has been like really helpful for us as men and and made me straight away just reflect. I was going, oh man, you know, self-assessment and making sure that, man, my wife does um, feel like she's valued and supported and that I'm present. And and so um, thank you for, yeah, just being here. And, you know, for me, you know, I sometimes when it comes, when I sit with, um, I'm just going to say like with Pakia, I feel like, uh, sometimes I'm like, oh shucks, there's always this. I feel inferior sometimes, but with you, man, it's just like a sis, uh, you know, just a cousin that's just oh, that coming. Means a lot. That and means um, a lot. and you know, Caroline would know like that's massive for me in terms of like um, just who we're trying to reach and um, the conversations we're having. And um, yeah, thank you for always being like supportive and. 
um, just being a voice for for everyone and just I'm just yeah I'm so cool I can message you hey, so, so are you <laughs> you can you can you can message me yeah, yeah. And so, yeah bless you and everything oh, that you're doing you, and, the, you, and you and your marriage and your oh, family you. and um, your podcast and oh. all your future endeavors we yeah. will continue to pray for you and, oh, and we just hope that you stay number one or you stay up there because if you're up there, it's good. That's our sister. That's our cousin. We're coming too. <laughs> now I'll be 127 soon enough. But it's yeah, it's just just oh, thanks for your manakitanga and your your partai for your questions and yeah. for your oh kindness. So lovely. <laughs> you just made me feel so at home and welcome to show up as myself. So I really, really appreciate it. Oh, thank you, cool. Petra. And also one, one more thing as well, Petra, because thank you for embracing the culture, embracing mm. the language of Tangata Whenua. Oh, it's a privilege. And, Tereo, and also our Pacifica people. So that means a lot for, for all of us here mm. as Pacifica and, and Māori. And so, mālo lava soi fua, futaitili lava. But Petra, we do have a gift for you. Every guest that comes on, we always do a, a caricature of how we envision our guests to be. Mm-hmm. And so this is on behalf of the mandate team. This is for you, Petra. I can watch that teacup Oh my goodness. Oh, I look really fabulous and quite young. Well, this is for you as well. This is for the, for the road. Oh, thanks. My children will, will be very appreciative of the chocks. You have spoiled me. Thank you. Who did the drawing? Yeah. Oh, man. So thank you. That's awesome. No, we appreciate it now, but no, thank Yoda. you so much for your time. But is there, but before we we kind of wrap up, is there someone that you, you would you would suggest that would be perfect to come on the podcast, female or male? Yeah, Selena Tusitali Marsh, poet laureate of New Zealand. She was a few years ago. Fantastic, Pacifica woman. Wow, she's fire. Yeah, I would. I recommend her. She's a poet. She's amazing. Ooh, Ooh. we've already had Peel today. Mm-hmm. Um, he's awesome. He's awesome. Have you had Stacey? Stacey. Stacey Morrison? No. Nah, no. she'll be awesome. She'll be awesome. Yeah, totally awesome. Cool. There's quite, actually quite a few. Um, some of them I want to interview. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, Hannah O'Regan, uh, Tiffany Regan's daughter. She'd be amazing. Yeah. Maybe Sasha McMeeking. Yeah, like honestly, there's um, there's Wahini tour out there that you awesome. are going to have so much fun oh, talking cool. to, I reckon. Awesome, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So cool. But also, one, well, just, just, we always give our guests the last word. So, if, any words of encouragement for our men and our women out there? Yeah. Um, uh, can I say um, how much I love you and how magnificent you are and how nobody can take any of your value? No one can reduce any of your value by their words or actions. That your essential worth is intact. And and moving out of this place of I am enough is a, such a powerful gift you give yourself and the world. And I mean, you were saying, you know, in terms of what can we do in our relationships, I think we can be really, really brave and show up and say, I need or I want or I think or I feel. And in relationships, when we choose to show up and bring ourselves and, and that dangerous word I rather than you you know, you do this or you do that or you, that when we can take off that armour of telling the other person what they think or feel or do and own our own thoughts and feelings and doings, 
that um, that is a powerful gift we we bring into our relationships and into the world. So, yeah. Awesome. Thank you very much. Yeah, Thank cool. you once again, Petra. And please don't forget to um, to like, comment, and subscribe. Look forward to your wildthought comments. And as usual, brothers and sister, <laughs> refine, <laughs> unlock, and take, take charge. charge. <laughs> Mandate.